Comedians React with Jonesy and Dwayne Perkins. This episode features comedian Richard Jenny talking about God, religion, and church. Enjoy. We have a guy now, really super successful in his career. Very sad ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very sad ending. I don't know if it was personal stuff, combination. Maybe he was depressed or if he wasn't... um, fulfilled in his career if that played a role in his life ending and, and him taking his own life but really funny guy i believe a new yorker attention church fans this sunday at 12 o'clock mass see big daddy monsignor murphy take on the devil himself i actually worked with him uh maybe i don't know i want to say a month or two maybe some within six months of his demise i worked with him at the comedy magic club and uh i was bringing him on and he was kind of particular about how he wanted to be brought on, so he wrote his intro down, which is kind of like you, you know, you, clubs and colleges, right? How do you, how do, how do you want me to introduce you? No, I just say clubs and colleges, right? We should do an English comic at some point because in England they don't they don't say their credits. They don't say the credits. No, and, and no. they and they instruct hmm. you like when I first went there, they were like, "How do you want to be brought on?" Maybe they didn't ask me, but I was like, "Oh, say I've done Conan, I've done." They were like, "No, no, no, no," because then those crowds would be like, "Oh, really?" Like oh. here, it, here it gets you credibility, right? Sure. Oh, this guy's been on TV. There, it's like, oh, this fucker's been on TV. Thinks he knows what's going on. Yeah, okay, okay. You know? And I happen to be wearing my UK jacket. So anyway, he gave me his um, intro. So it wasn't much, but I read it. And at the bottom, you know, please welcome Richard Jenny, right? So maybe when you do colleges and stuff like that, people can butcher an intro. So hmm. I was already a super professional, but I didn't mind it. So only the reason why I bring that up is I was cleaning out my place. I was getting my Marie Kondo on. This is about two weeks before he passed away. And I saw this this piece of paper. And I love Richard Jenny, like one of my favorite comics. And, you know, coming, you know, been on this and this, coming to stage, please welcome Richard Jenny, his signature at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, should I keep it? And this is how you become a hoarder. Like, this is not that I am one, but this is how you become a hoarder. In that moment, I said, you know what? Stop being sentimental. You know what I mean? I threw it away. I should have kept it anyway. You should have, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And then like a week or two after that, he um, he died. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, shit. I, I still regret throwing it away. That thing happens to you once or twice. Boom, you're a hoarder because you don't want to throw anything away. <laughs> That's right. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when you said uh, he gave you instructions on how to uh, bring him up, I was surprised uh-huh. because it happened out here. Happened in LA, um, yeah, yeah. It was in the middle of nowhere. Um, and he's such a superstar Usually you get those instructions from someone who you who no one really knows who they are or they're not quite sure. But like everybody right. knows who this guy is. Right. Usually, like Chappelle would never tell you how to bring him up. Everybody knows what to say. You know what? And I think that's a great... You're making such great points. I think that speaks to where he was or where he thought he was, right? That he thought I couldn't just say, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Jenny. And everybody, and everybody would know. Correct. And so... It gets to a point where maybe he didn't think he had earned that right. Here's a guy that has six HBO specials, yeah. had his own um, mm-hmm. sitcom for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, you can see it in his comedy, the perfectionism. And I think sometimes, like, if you come to my place and it's a little in disarray, you will say I'm not a perfectionist. And I don't consider myself one. But about certain things, I can be. And when you, whenever you slip into that energy, that perfection energy... Anything that goes wrong can make the whole thing seem like a failure. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to not live in that space 
Yeah, I was watching Steph Curry. I love watching Steph Curry. Um, the other night, so he he breaks the guy down. He gets around to the uh, free throw line, shoots a little push shot, a floater, kind of like basically a, a you know a stop and pull, uh, a mid range shot, which he should make, right? Mm-hmm. He missed it. Uh, his own guy got the rebound, threw it back to him. He took a step back, caught the ball. Now it's a three pointer. He makes it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. In the, in the whole grand scheme of things, you got three points instead of two. Because you shot a two-pointer, you missed it, got a, got the offensive rebound, you shot a three-pointer, you made it. Now, here's why I'm telling you the story. So I'm watching the game. I'm like, oh, Steph, you missed. Oh, yes. And as he's running down, back back to play defense, he's like, he's not celebrating. He's like, damn, I missed that two-pointer. He missed that floater. That's crazy because it, it really ended up way – he had a better result. But that's where you, you have to be perfectionist to shoot that well. All I'm saying is Richard Jenny to give me the note, it speaks to, one, how precise he wanted things to be. But, two, he didn't feel that he was a household name and maybe that maybe that messed with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think we're giving the audience perhaps, and this is a little conspiratorial, but perhaps an insight into his headspace and what led right, to right. The fact that Richard Jenny, if this is true, didn't feel so confident that everyone knew who he was and all you had to do, it would be enough to say his name to introduce him. Like, I, I chose this one because he takes a big risk talking about religion. A lot of this bit reminded me of the same delivery, even the same ideas, to another very famous comic. And uh, see if you can, if, if it does I, that I to think, you. I think I know who you're talking about. Okay. How many people believe in God in the crowd? A lot of people believe in God. Yes. All right. How many people in the audience uh, are Catholic? Applaud if you are. Oh, quite a few of you, okay. And how many are sure to go to church every Sunday? A small gap. Okay, so let me see if I got you here. You believe that somewhere up in the sky there's an old man in a beard who sits behind a gate and is surrounded by little angels who play musical instruments. And their arch enemy is a red man with horns and a pitchfork. But the part you can't believe is you have to get up early on a weekend. What kind of crazy stuff is that? I don't blame you. My mom used to take me to Catholic Church. Every weekend, my mom took me to Catholic Church, and I think I speak for everyone here when I say, Oh, that ain't no rock and roll show there, boy. (laughs) That's why every week, auto racing attendance is going up, and Catholic Church attendance is going down. Plus, auto racing has better commercials. You turn on the radio, Sunday, Sunday. The church should use them, maybe to get the crowd back. You turn on your radio and heard, Attention church fans, this Sunday at 12 o'clock mass, see Big Daddy Monsignor Murphy take on the devil himself. The priest from the east versus the thunder from down under. It's all about a 12 o'clock mass, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And they'll be going, sounds fucking great, man. Get the car. We'll go Saturday night, we'll tailgate, party. You know. I don't know if those Sunday, Sunday, Sunday commercials come on anymore. <laughs> How the fuck does everyone know about Sunday, Sunday, Sunday? Like, I guess they were nationwide. I mean, obviously, East Coast people, we got them. Yeah, we got them. And they were, I thought they were more, they were NASCAR, but they were also like It was like a truck, truck driving over another truck. Yeah, yeah, that kind of. But, but like, people who were born 10, 20 years after me still get, know what Sunday, Sunday, Sunday is. So that's amazing. It's a timeless thing. Yeah. Um, but also... Um, Franklin Ajay, who's another comic we may do at some point, who I'm, I'm a big fan of, and he doesn't get his, his credit either. But he did his thing, and he wrote a book, and it's a really great book. Um, I might have it. 
basically he interviewed a bunch of comics and he interviewed and he interviewed Richard Jenny and Richard Jenny said in that book speaks to his greatness he was like when I, I do a bit I write a bit and it's funny and then I figure out how to you know add act outs to make it funnier and then that's something I incorporated in my comedy a while ago like before I did TV or anything I had some funny jokes and I just sat down one day and I was like how do I make these funnier now nowadays I think people would still do that but there is a bit of a some people don't like act outs you know like you're supposed to just make people laugh with your words and thoughts and I get it because the, the image you can conjure up in their head each person has their own image and that might be funnier than what you're doing. It's like reading a book. We can both read a book and get something different from it mm. and then watch the movie and both be disappointed because it doesn't match what we had. So there is something to like using the imagery in people's heads. But you got to ask yourself, the picture I'm painting in their head, is it better than the act out? And I think Richard Denny always had a nice mixture where he was a great writer and did great act outs. Some people are great writers and they don't do act outs typically or they do amazing act outs but the material isn't like rocket science and i think he skirted that line where he wanted to be he wanted to write great bits and do funny act outs this bit doesn't need to act out it's you're talking about religion it's Mm kind of edgy especially for the time but he's still like you know what i'm gonna do a nice act out yep and and it works because like if you thought maybe he shouldn't be talking about god or whatever if you thought it was blasphemous okay at least it's funny also, a couple of things in the beginning, and I think you need this to punch down on religion or other things that might be sacred. You have to tell them that you were raised this way. Right. You so were, it's you, your personal experience. It's your personal experience. Yeah. And, he, and, he, and he laughs a little bit in there. He got a little chuckle. There's a little part in there where he kind of right, right. He takes a moment and he kind of smiles at the crowd and laughs. Because let me remind you that I don't quite mean all of this. Right. Yeah. Um, and then do you want to talk about the comic he reminds you of or should we save well, that? It's another. It's another guy from New York who's a Catholic boy, George Carlin. George Carlin. Yes, exactly. yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, he. So, and it's all like the, the big horns, the big horns, the little bah! Right, right. You know that kind of stuff. And uh, it's one of those things where I'm sure he was influenced by Carlin. It seems but, like it. But it's like here's my version of religion of a religion mm-hmm. joke. I'm not going to do Carlin's joke. And I think sometimes you have to give yourself license to be like, okay, if you want to talk about going to the dentist, yes, Cosby has the quintessential dentist joke. And so you might want to leave it alone, but if if it's your experience and if it's personal enough, then you might want to do your dentist joke. They got to do something to liven it up. As it is, mass is actually short for massive head trauma. <laughs> Sustained from your mother whacking you in the side of your head every five minutes because you keep thinking of goofy things to do because you're bored to death. Every week, man, I be sitting in that little church pew with my mom and she just keep hitting me. You're bored, and the priest uses a word like Hosanna. You can't help it. You're nine, automatically. Oh, Hosanna. And your mother hits you. Stop doing that. All right, quit hitting me. Sit straight in you. Shut up. Don't embarrass me in here. Start acting like a Christian. I'm going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> you sit straight. All right, quit hitting me. The main problem is... I just, I just want to say, I love that part. Start acting like a Christian, or I'm going to do something very unchristian to you. <laughs> yeah, I love that, too. It's so good. Up in the front is a guy called a priest. His main job is to stand in one spot, no expression, no emotion, and say the word Lord upwards of eight million times in an hour. No moving around, just standing in one spot. And he always has a very weird voice. Trust me, this is true. Every priest has a very clipped, just caught my privates in a car door, 
kind of Kermit the Priest sound to the delivery, like this. Lord! Oh, Lord God! Oh, God, Lord! Oh, Lord! As I must do each week, let me repeat things over and over again so as to fill up a butt-ass boring hour. Lord, you are holy, 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 holy. Well, you are one holy guy there, Lord. And God named the animals. And the cow he called cow. And the dog he called dog. And the priest he called boring. All right. Why do you have to keep hitting me? You sit straight and shut up. You do not embarrass me in here. We are in God's house right now. God is in here with us. Yeah, yeah, God's in here. Okay. What did he do, lose a bet? All right. <laughs> well, give me a break, Mom. Look at this place. Why would God be in here? If I was God, I'd be in front of the church by now on a cell phone smoking a cigarette. You'd walk out of the church and there'd be God with a telephone and a smoke. You'd say, God, what are you doing here? I couldn't take one more minute of that stuff. I didn't know what eternity was till I walked in that joint. <laughs> oh, uh, well, what are you doing? What are you doing outside the church? I'm just checking my messages. Hi, it's God. Anybody call? Uh, yes, quite a few today, God. Let's see. Uh, a million people called from casinos to say they really need a seven. Alrighty then. Four million people called from bathroom floors to say, make it stop and I'll never drink again. Okay. Oh, and are you having a party? Because a billion people called and said, yes, God, I'm coming. What do they mean by that? That's <laughs> eh, probably nothing. I gotta change my number. Something, but this guy is still going on. Lord, let me drag this out as long as I can. And I just want to um, stop here because it's so seamless. And there's such a difference between watching or being a, a comic when you first get on stage, even the first year. You just, it, it, it takes such a comfort. And then to get to this point, to have the command to, so he keeps going back to the, the church preacher act out. Mm-hmm. So he's he's, he's mm-hmm. and then he adds a third act out. So now he's going between yep. his own voice, the preacher, his mom, and the young Richard Jenny yep. fighting in the pew, and then God outside. Yep. And he just trusts the audience. He goes right back to the preacher. Sure. And it takes like a, a line. Boom. Yep. You know, it's not like and now we're back at the church and yep. it just takes comfort and and a sure. little bit of dexterity, you know what I mean? And the other thing that happens when he's sw- if you notice like in a scene in a movie, depending on the characters, he will move to that spot. So on the pew, on the bench, he's the kid. Right, right. Uh, when he's like this in front of the mic, he's the preacher, the preacher, and then he, you know, he stepped to the side to do the to do the god thing. And so he's moving, he's letting the audience know visual these are visual cues to let you know that I'm switching between characters and scenes. Right, which right. Is brilliant. And and they're following it like no problem. It's what I really love about this piece is uh, if you notice, he's making fun of religion, but he's not saying He's not kind of hitting you over the head with religion sucks and it's stupid. Right, right. The theme of the bit is it's boring. It's boring. It's boring. And yes. I don't think anyone can disagree, no matter how, uh, you know, how virtuous of a religious person that you are. It has very boring aspects. All religions, right, uh, right, when right. you dig deep into the textbook and you, you sit in front of the lecturer, I mean, they all have these boring aspects Absolutely. And, to them. And what I like is that because he's making it his nine-year-old self, it's like, again, not only is it boring, he's nine. Like, like 
he's telling you what happened when he was nine. So it's not blasphemous or inappropriate for a nine-year-old to not like church. Yeah. Because a nine-year-old doesn't like sitting still yep. for an hour for anything. Mm-hmm. And by acting out the experience of the nine-year-old, he's, he's, he's able to then say these negative things about the, some of the cockamamie things that religious claims, like, yeah, I made all the animals. and I'm right, 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 right. He's able to kind of sprinkle that in um, because it's not really, and it's okay because it's not the main point of the It's joke. not the main point, and yeah. it's not an adult attacking it at, at that point. It's a nine-year-old. and But also, he is a commentary on what people pray for, the fact that you would think there's a God who created heaven and earth, and he's somehow... somehow <laughs> While he's trying to cure famine and disease, he also needs to get you a seven. Yes, fix the fact that you didn't sure. use a, you know, that you drank too much, or that you can scream his name in vain while you're having sex. Yeah. So it's like a, and yeah. he doesn't hit you over the head with that, but just clearly he's he's making a statement about that too. Yeah, you know? and and it's really funny to see uh, the portrayal of a god smoking a cigarette with like a, a heavy Italian New York accent <laughs> right. on a cell phone. Outside. <laughs> right. like, that's super funny too. That's like a, painting a picture of a God that we never really imagined. You know, this is also great. It's so many layers of this. I love this. It's a great bit. Let us read from the epistle of an apostle. <laughs> Romans 7, Leviticus 3, 25 or 6 to 4. Chicago 1, St. Louis 0. Bottom of the second. Here's the pitch. It's a long fly ball. Jesus Christ was sent by God himself. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, why is this taking... All right, quit hit me. Where do they get this guy from anyway, Mom? I kept thinking, this church is in the middle of Brooklyn, New York. Why can't they get one of these local goodfellas, shark-skinned, Joe Pesci type of guys, let him conduct the sermon, and we'd be out of there in five minutes. If a guy just came bounding up to the altar, hey, everybody, all right, sit down, shut up. I'm the Reverend Vinnie Sipicellis. I'm double-parked out there. I ain't got a lot of time. Okay, here's everything you got to know if you want to be a Catholic and get into heaven. A long time ago, a broad you never met, talked to a snake, bit a piece of fruit, so you're all born evil, no good scumbags. Hey, that part goes without saying. Okay, now, skip ahead, skip ahead, skip ahead. All right, uh, the world's getting very evil. God sends down his son. There's a pregnant virgin in a bond. Three wise guys come from the east. That's Christmas. Get a tree. Skip, 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 skip ahead. (laughs) All right, now this guy, Jesus, he's getting big. His friend rats him out. The Romans whack him. That's Easter. Get a bonnet. So pretty much that's it. You got the priests. You got the saints. You got the cardinals. Right now the saints are playing the cardinals. I got a big bet on the game. I can't be here. God bless you. See you next week. There. (laughs) That That set is amazing. The train. Oh, my God. That set is so great. Yeah. So great. That might be the best yeah. comedy set ever. Like, and then he introduces another. So in this bit, he's there's four different act outs in addition to his own voice. And it's just it's just amazing. And again, he never attacks religion head on. He don't So it's not it's not it's you know, it's not Sinead O'Connor ripping a picture of the Pope. You know, it's not yep. It's not really blasphemous. Of course, you, you must be careful on, with the subject. And he's smart enough. He knows that. Where can I, how can I dance around and say the things I want to say and make it tasteful still? Uh, and it's like my acting coach used to say, you get the audience laughing, and when their mouths open, you slip the truth in. Right, And right. this is exactly what he's doing with this bit, because he gets you laughing with all this other stuff, but then he slips in the truth. He slips in the ridiculousness right, right, of... Right, right. of uh, 
of Cardinals and Saints and the, the fact that they're called that. He's slipping in the ridiculousness of a, a woman that a snake tells to eat a piece of fruit. So he's making fun of Genesis and the Bible. And these are all things that are, they really at the base of it are quite silly. We compare them to George Carlin, right? Yep. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, is this a matter of personal taste, um, bravery, or lack thereof? He's skirting around those same issues, but just not hitting them as 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 head on as Colin would, because mm-hmm. see, Colin would say religion is dumb, yes. right? And then yeah. that that elevates you to being more um, provocative. That elevates you to maybe being quote unquote smart. And I think I don't know if it hurts or helps a guy like Richard Jenny that he can dance around this thing, his skill set, and he's so funny with his act outs and writing. He's dancing around a very taboo topic, in a but not making it taboo, and that's. That's actually super dope, but I think what happens is you don't get the credit. The credit for being Mm -hmm. provocative, you know, like where Chappelle, Carlin, Pryor, Chris Rock, they hit it head on. You know, Brian Regan, Richard Jenny, these guys, they don't hit anything head on, but they're not exactly vanilla either. And I I just wonder if that, if that hurt him in a sense, because he was like almost so good that you didn't see what happened. You know, sometimes you have to like not be so pristine. You know, you just wonder if he cursed a bit, if he said, okay, religion is this, that, and the third. Mm-hmm. Now now people are like, oh, I can't believe what Richard Jenny said. Yeah. But he just did a completely acceptable bit about yeah. the most taboo topic. Well, it just shows you, maybe it just shows you that there's a guy who's doing, he's doing his thing and but he still feels he's doing his thing and it's not crazy controversial but he still feels that hey I want I still want to say some things right, that these other guys right, are saying you right. know, because they do matter to me and I do think about them and I I will occasionally touch on a topic that is um is is in the in the the, the sacred basket of culture right right and kind of give it a jab but let me do it my way because if I go too far he probably could go to that other level but if I do that it just really sticks out in my set you're right it, it, you shouldn't be who you're not and if if it's not his, uh, if he's not inclined to be controversial, but oddly enough, you get more out of it. Like people who don't like Howard Stern actually listen more than people who do like Howard Stern. You know what I mean? He's got the skill set to, to be more controversial because his his comedy, his act outs, his writing, mm-hmm. he could get away with it because yes. even if he loses the crowd, mm-hmm. he can get them back. And sometimes you got to tell people what, you really mean part of the reason that um, Muhammad Ali is considered the greatest is because he said he was, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he backed it up. Yeah. But if he just fought and never said the only person I think in, in sports history who never said they were the greatest or alluded to it and still gets considered that is, is um, Tim Duncan. He's widely mm-hmm. considered the greatest um, power forward ever, but he's like, Usually you have to sort of give them a little nudge. You know, I understand what you're saying. Like if you're Richard Jenny, you have this one controversial bit that that doesn't fit with your other stuff. But if you want to get credit for your adeptness and for being that guy and get more eyes, you know, because George Carlin, not all of his bits were controversial. He also had bits about farting. I think that kind of adds to Jenny not getting his credit. But I get it. You, you don't want to. I think so many people want to be. And as a comic, I'm not hating, but as a comic, you see guys go out of their way to be 
controversial, provocative, mm-hmm. and some of it is a little bit. It's a little put on. It's a little contrived, you know. And so, yeah. props to him for not being contrived. Yeah. But I think, like Richard Jenny talks religion is the YouTube caption. If you change one word, Richard Jenny slams religion. It's got like triple the views. Yeah. What do you think about talking about religion today? Um, I think you could get away with it, and I think people might consider it almost not even that like edgy. Yeah. But for the time he talked about it, it was super like Sinead kind of just all she did was rip a picture up of the Pope and like almost killed her career. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I think you can get away with it now. But who knows? Because we've been kind of like actually moving backward in some some regards. Yeah. So it, I think it might be regional, too. Like he could do that joke in L.A. No problem. But I don't know if he could do that joke in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, maybe because, like you said, there's nothing he, he he never says anything negative about religion, but people hear keywords now. Yep. So if he's doing that joke and says religion, people might stop listening. Yes. You know, I've seen, and I've seen comics who I happen to know who are Republican, one one or two of them, but I've seen like maybe not four times a person mention Trump, even in Los Angeles. And they get heckled. Some some Trump supporter yep. won't let them finish. Yep. And and some of those times, I knew that the person telling the joke was a Republican, mm-hmm. and they were just taking a little jab at Trump. And it's like it's that level now. So who knows? Yeah, it's very regional. I've seen comics that all day long talk about Trump in L.A. or Cali, and it's not an issue. We go and do a show in Arizona, right? And uh, just. Putting, putting them down a little bit was enough to generate a, a negative response from the crowd. And then for the rest of the weekend, he did not do his Trump material. Yeah. And, you know, some of that is like... So regional is a thing. Yeah. And with that divided and we're getting all t- two different sets of... Um, we're getting two different stories, two or three, completely different. There's no overlap. There's no, like, base truth that we all kind of agree to. Um, but also, I think some of that is like... All right, that was a light joke. If I let you get away with that, who knows what else you're gonna do? Mm. You know, I've I've had arguments with like you arguing with a girl you date or whatever, and especially as a comic, people fear you because they like this guy's about to make a point, and he might make a point that's irrefutable, and he might just design it in such a way. So if I just stop him and don't let him talk, then he won't even get there. It's like someone trying to break up with you, and you're just like, I'll talk to you later. We're still together because you didn't say it. But like what I've been doing, for instance, uh, uh, like a little trick, I have some jokes that are one or two jokes I have that are kind of like targeted toward women, okay? And I can sense people getting tight. I have one about women posting um, memes. It's not, it's a really fun joke. It's a good joke, but it's not super original. I know the It was original when I wrote it, but you know, now people, a lot of people talk about it. So I, I I was doing some Zoom You're shows. Like inspirational memes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So w- women with the inspirational memes, and it's it's on my I'm special too. Like if you can't accept me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. So when I do that joke, a trick I I I learned it from doing corporate shows where I like I know they'll laugh at this punchline once I get to the punches, but they might be taken off at they might be taken aback that I'm a guy and I'm saying women do this. Mm-hmm. So I just don't say I don't assign a gender to it. Uh-huh. But all the act outs are still women. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I so see. instead of saying I women see. are inspirational, I go, 
and people try to get inspirational online, you know? Yeah, and then, yeah. And then, but, but then I act out a woman, but I've never said woman. Oh, that's smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, then, and that joke is a joke that I know will work when I'm doing like a corporate show. So I just yeah. leave the word woman out of it. Oh, that's a great insight to a little shift you had to make uh, in the setup uh, to allow you to take, you know, some, well, you shouldn't even have to, but it's it's sad to say, but right, you right. sort of have to, you have to sort of make it okay for them right, to exactly. laugh at something that it should be okay anyways. Uh, it, Completely should be okay. And I, and I also introduced a joke by saying my mom is on Facebook now. So that kind of like, yeah. But then again, I say my mom's on Facebook, then I say people, and I go, ah, oh, I could have always done it this way. Yeah. There was never a need to assign mm-hmm. a, a, a gender to it, because the act out is clearly female. Mm-hmm. So, that's, you can, so you can do a joke about a politician, just don't, don't say a name. This is, uh, it's such a great insight, I think, for our audience to see, like, like, you've been doing it for so long, that yet you still learn these little tricks um, even in in you know, even at this stage in your career, and I, I'm I'm amazed at myself of the the things I'm still learning right, doing right. it for 15 years. Um, I once heard Seinfeld on an interview say, because you know, they're like, well, what keeps you going? And he's like, we, basically, what keeps him going is he still feels he hasn't mastered it, and he's been doing it forever at, at the highest level. Absolutely, because you always are learning these little ways to oh, you know, it's like a running back. Maybe the running back develops a spin move. Right, uh, and, he, and, and he develops the running back develops uh, you know a good stiff arm, but then discovers in one game did this little move that he never tried before to evade Absolutely. a linebacker, and is like, oh, I can I Absolutely. can do that. Oh, Absolutely. okay, and still learning moves, still learning moves, even after doing it for so many years. And it also shows, and I think our audience might find this um, fascinating, is this is why stage time is so goddamn important. We cannot do this. In our bedrooms, you know, we don't have the luxury of a painter. Whereas, if I have enough crust to go down to the art store and buy a, a new canvas and new right, oils, right. I can do my art in my bedroom. We do not have that luxury. This stuff has to be worked out on the stage in front of live audiences. That's how we craft and Absolutely. create. And Absolutely. then, even after we've created something, we're still we're still shifting it and moving it around as we go right, right. per performance. Yeah, and. And trying to make it better and better and better and better. It's a moving target. It's a moving target. And that's the thing. The running back analogy is so great because he's not learning those new moves in a vacuum. The defense is adjusting. They're doing different things. They're watching his tapes and they go, he, he tends to do this. He, this is what he likes to do. Not that the audience is trying against us, but it's every audience is different. That's why you pick up new things. You know, like so that running back, he gets a new move, a new pause, a new thing. Because the defense knows his other moves. Uh, uh, the defense has presented them with a new problem. Right. And in stand-up, the example that you gave that you've overcome regarding the gender situation, that is because the defense has presented us with a new problem. Right, right. What is that new problem? Well, the new problem, among other things, is if you're a male, don't you dare talk about women. Or if you are this ethnicity, don't you dare talk about this ethnicity. Right, or if right. you're this sexual orientation, don't you dare talk about this other sexual orientation. Right. And as comics, these are universal experiences. I have 
ethnic related experiences i have age related experiences i have gender related experiences that i may want to share on stage how dare you tell me otherwise that i can't do that and i've been being told that you've been being told that a lot of us have been been being told that recently and And how do we juke and how do we adjust to still talk about such things right And, and it becomes a thing of especially you as a white guy a white male you have to like pre-qualify things you have to sort of like and and sometimes that kills a joke when there's too much sort of like basically begging them to do the joke you know, <laughs> the good thing is that we're saying okay don't punch down don't punch below your weight you know don't pick on people right and that's good but i think what happens is people have um kind of lazy minds sometimes or they get fatigue where it's like we, we we build shortcuts in our minds automatically. And so a shortcut is you're this race or gender, you're talking about that race or gender, no go. When no, the actuality is, okay, what are you gonna say about that race mm-hmm. or gender? Let me hear what you have to really say. Maybe it's a very personal experience. Maybe you you, you come from a place of love. Maybe you have some heart. It's, maybe it's gonna be really funny. Um, I think people assume as soon as they hear it, oh, this guy's just gonna do a stock joke about these people. Yep. You know, and then they don't listen. Um, they don't even get, they don't give you the benefit of the nuance. Right, right. They don't. You, right. They really don't. Right, and that's how you said. Like that's in a sense the defense has adjusted to. Yep. Almost we've we're in a position of overcorrecting the political correctness. And you know, my theory about that is that like the more, uh, especially because that comes from that's from like a left kind of energy that that political yep. correctness, and the more that the right. Is especially when you know Trump was in office, the more that the right is sort of running shit, the more like regular society things gets left, left, left. People get canceled because it's really like you you can't cancel the the guy you really want to cancel because he 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 can't be shamed. He's like, and so and to feel good about yourself, to feel you're still making some kind of a positive change, you're canceling everybody else. So it's it's like um. At a nightclub, right? You'll walk over to a girl, okay? And respectfully, hey, hey, mom, what's up? Can I talk to you? You might just say, talk to her. You might just touch her elbow just to get her attention. And she might be like, who are you talking to? Don't get, get, get away from me. She might just just tear you down. Mm-hmm. You know, do I look like I, I have anything to do with you? Woo, woo, woo. Now, that same girl, some guy comes over who's like, you know, he's got blue shoelaces in his shoes, clearly a crip braids maybe a do-rag just gangster like fuck hey shorty grab her arm put his hand on her waist she's like oh, no no thank you please i don't you know now she wants to tell that guy to fuck off mm-hmm. but he poses a threat so she's sort of plays it cool with that guy which is a smart thing to do but then goes a little ham on you because the the pinned up yeah. energy and anger toward that guy which she can't she can't give him that anger she gives it to you and that's what that's that's kind of the cycle we've been in i don't know if it's going to continue but we'll see yeah that was great that was a great analogy i think it gives uh our listeners a real insight into the challenges that we face these days i mean stand-up's hard enough it's hard enough to get up in front of strangers and share yourself uh confidently right it's it's even harder to make money at it and make it a career absolutely and now it's when you're limited to when when they've taken away some of your tools of your craft, it just makes it even absolutely. harder. Absolutely, and how and like 
even if you're not doing something nuanced, even if you're doing a stock joke about women talking or fat people or this or that, let them have that. It's still one, freedom of speech, but two, sometimes you're in front of a crowd that collectively they aren't ready for nuance. Collectively, like that, that Richard Jenny crowd, they were kind of like nice. They were there to see him, you know, so he was able to, you know, freak this thing. Um, we talked about it before, but if the crowd is crazy, then maybe that joke loses some of the nuance. And so, all right, I'm going to do a, a joke about women talking, about fat people. Because most people in this crowd are, came for some, like, low-hanging fruit. There's two or three people here who, who are not having it, and they don't want to see me take low-hanging fruit. I get it. I, I normally wouldn't want to, you know, grab low-hanging fruit either, but low, low-hanging fruit should be eaten as well. Yeah. <laughs> who are you to waste food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Well, uh, there's a, a lot of clips of Richard Jenny. Um, we alluded, I don't know if we said it straight up earlier, but we alluded to it. This guy uh, unfortunately took his own life a few years ago, um, but he is legendary in the business as being a, just a great comic and uh, someone that you should uh, probably check out. Comedians React is available on all podcast players and YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe for all future episodes of Comedians React. We'll be covering comedians that I'm sure you love as well. If you'd like to suggest a comedian for us to cover, please email us at realcomediansreact at gmail.com.